You're listening to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home podcast. Three days ago, I turned 40, and today my youngest daughter, Chloe, turned one. Over the next six months, my middle child will be turning 16 and getting her driver's license, and my oldest daughter, my firstborn, will be turning 18 and officially become an adult. I feel so many things. (laughs) It's all going by so fast. And while I'm trying to enjoy the day-to-day, and I'm so proud of the humans that I've raised and the human that I've become over the years, it's still a little bit bittersweet. Also, for those of you who are keeping track, Charlie is going to be turning five in January as well. But there's also so much perspective that I feel like I've really been just like smacked in the face with over the past year, partly at having started over in my parental journey with an infant and partly, you know, with watching my oldest daughter quickly become an adult. Hindsight is kicking in at full force. There are so many things that I wish that I could share with my younger self in my 20s or younger me in general, not to say that like I'm living in regret or that I would change anything because that would change the whole trajectory of where I am today. But there are some things that could have made the journey even sweeter if I had realized them or had that knowledge at the time. I'm going to be sharing some of those with you here today. Marissa Zen had a similar video I found really inspiring called 20 Life Lessons from 40 Years of Living. I'll be sure to share that link down in the description. You should definitely check it out. By the way, last week I asked you guys what you would love to win in a giveaway since we just passed 50,000 subscribers here on YouTube as a thank you for helping my channel get to where we are today. So we tallied those all up and the giveaway is now live. You can enter for your chance to win down in the description. Good luck to everybody. So the first lesson, maybe even the most important lesson that took me a long time to really internalize is that the past doesn't define you. I really wish that I had fully understood that when I was in my 20s and my 30s. There were a lot of stupid things that I did when I was younger. I graduated a year early from high school and went to university at a beach town six hours away from my parents and everyone I knew. I couldn't get away soon enough, and I don't necessarily blame myself for that or think that I was wrong in making that decision, but I did make some stupid decisions with that newfound freedom that I hung over my head for ages. And it's just interesting, like seeing my almost 18-year-old daughter now navigate her way around the world makes me realize how ridiculously hard I was on myself from those years of like 17 to 19. I could never even imagine holding decisions that she makes at this age over her head for decades. She's just learning. And you know, so was I. The second thing I wish I could go back and tell myself is you're not old. It's weird, but like by the time I turned 18, I felt like I was on a clock. I was so anxious about every age, and I remember when I turned 27, for some reason, that one hit me hard. There was this internal pressure 
to constantly experience new things as if I were on some kind of a mandate to experience. And I would be dying if I didn't experience something new and exciting constantly. Maybe all of that was a sign of my extreme anxiety at the time, but I literally felt like if I wasn't going forward at full speed, then I was going backwards. It was really all my way of coping with mortality, like the fact that I'm going to die someday and how can I make the most of it? But the mortality fear made me enjoy very little of all of the activities that I was doing because it was all out of anxiety and fear. Looking at my oldest daughter now, like dating and working and learning new social situations, it's so exciting. But I told Matt so many times, I wouldn't go back to that period of my life for anything. (laughs) I am so much happier and calmer and more grounded now than I have like ever been at a previous age. And also, like, you're never too old to do things. I started this YouTube channel in my late 30s. I get married at 38, and I have my third child at 39. My first international vacation wasn't until I was 38 on my honeymoon, and I didn't start my own business until I was 34. And I have so much more that I plan to do. I like the way Marissa says it in her video. She said, there really is just time and what you choose to do with it. And I think that's it in a nutshell. That's how I feel at this point as well. I don't feel as old at 40 and have that age anxiety at 40 that I had when I was 27. And that makes any sense. The third piece of advice that I would give for myself very specifically is let him go. This goes to literally every relationship I ever had before Matt. I used to be just terrified of being alone, so much so that I would cling to bad relationships, relationships that required so much more effort and force than is ever really healthy. And it was all because I was afraid of being alone because I was dying. And if my life wasn't all coming together, the kids, the husband, the home, then what if it never did? Obviously, I was afraid a lot. (laughs) I used to think that I was exciting and bold, and maybe I was those things too, but a lot of it was fear-based. It's funny, Matt and I both agree that dating sucks. Starting off in a relationship very rarely feels natural, and then there's this whole like ongoing rejection on both sides, which nobody enjoys. But he said something funny recently. He said, there are two things that you have to interview for or search for in life, a job and a partner, and I would much rather be searching for a job than a partner. And I 100% agree with that. And honestly, I barely remember those guys now that I found the right person for me. So I spent way too many years worrying about something that in the end just didn't even matter. Number four, I would tell myself to set your own expectations. For years, I lived under other people's beliefs and expectations. Um, I would reach out to these people for guidance, like as if I couldn't decide on my own or couldn't make decisions on my own. I didn't trust myself to make decisions because I always relied on other people to do it for me. And whatever they said was typically what I would go with. These external expectations never did fulfill me. And because I was exposing myself to outside determinations of success and approval, I constantly felt the need to prove something. I make a point of having my girls make decisions on their own, whether it's about the things that they're going to choose to take up their space or, you know, like what we're going to have for dinner during the week. You know, sometimes there are a variety of decisions and paths that you can take and they could all be great or they can all suck. And you know, we just have to take them and make the best and see what happens. Number five, make someone else happy. I was kind of taught that you can't trust someone else to make you happy, so you might as well make yourself happy. And I focused for years on making myself happy and taking what I could get. 
Um, my mom, I feel like, was always really into Descartes, I think, therefore I am, which I have to admit, I was pretty intrigued by. I love philosophy as much as the next person, maybe even more. Um, and that quote was the end of Descartes' search for a statement that could not be doubted. He couldn't doubt that he existed because he was the one doing the doubting. But everything else was debatable. So I exist because I was thinking the question, but for all I know, the rest of you are figments of my imagination or simulations. So it's interesting, but with that kind of thought, you're kind of like prioritizing yourself as the only valid option. It's a little bit narcissistic, which is how I behaved through different periods of my life when that was my motto. So when I finally flipped that and focused on making someone else happy, I suddenly became a happy person. People gave value to me because they wanted to, and I did the same. Everyone becomes full with that objective. Nobody is happy when everyone is serving themselves. I like to think of it as you can get what you take, but that's all you're going to get. If you're out for yourself, whatever you get is all you get. But you could be so much more fulfilled focusing on making someone else happy. Number six, I would tell myself never owe a credit card company. There were years of my life when I made great money and I stayed in debt because I thought it was just what you're supposed to do. It's a normal thing to do. I would pay the minimum and transfer the amount to a new no interest card, which would cost me a transfer fee up front. But hey, you know, it was no interest. Um, so for like the past eight years, I've maintained no credit card debt. When I purchase something on my card, which I do regularly every month, I put bills and all of my purchases basically on cards so that I can collect the points and the rewards, but I pay it off just like a bill the same day each month. No revolving balance. And my finances have been enormously improved since changing my relationship with credit cards. Number seven, I would tell myself nobody is one thing, and that includes me. I find that it's important for my own sanity to accept that nobody is one thing. People aren't just jerks or nice or alcoholics or friends or parents or young or old. You know, like people are many things all at once. And it becomes more difficult to label and more necessary to accept people and situations when you can first accept that nobody is just one thing. You can let it go, whatever it is. Accepting doesn't mean that you need to stay in a relationship with those people. You know, I think that it's an important part of accepting to accept that sometimes for whatever reason, people just don't mix well or people in conjunction with specific situations don't mix well, but you can leave a bit of compassion behind and at very least not carry around a bunch of resentment for the rest of your life. Number eight, I would say more stuff just for the sake of it will never make you happy. I once spent a year and a half designing my own home. I watched it being built from the ground up, the studs. I chose every piece of material and it was beautiful. And I sold it a year later after getting divorced. Things can make things easier, like having more space for a big family and a yard for a dog, you know, can make things easier, but they won't make you happy. If you're already unhappy, buying something isn't going to change that. Number nine, most people don't care what you do. People aren't thinking about you the way that you're thinking about you. What does that mean? The truth is, nobody cares. Like, people have their own insecurities and lives going on, and nobody is worried about you the way that you think they are. I find myself telling this to my daughters a lot when they feel too nervous to go and talk to somebody or to ask somebody to hang out. You know, I say, flip it around. Would you mind if they talked to you or asked you to hang out? No, and they're not thinking that way either. And number 10, your job doesn't define you but it can contribute to your level of happiness. 
I used to think that my vocation was the end-all be-all in my value description, and I spent so many years absolutely toiling and panicking over what my big career was going to be. And over the years, after holding many positions and making friends in many walks of life, I can definitively say that your vocation doesn't equate success or overall life satisfaction. But your job can contribute to feelings of being miserable or fulfilled. I've had soul-sucking jobs. I've had altruistic jobs. I've had jobs that just paid the bills and others that brought a sense of purpose. And at the end of the day, I feel like it's what you personally feel about your vocation that matters, not your career's social clout or specific dollar sign. Although not being able to pay your bills does also contribute to your level of happiness. So these are the most critical life lessons that I've learned over the past 20 years. Some of them I had to learn on repeat until I got it. I was telling Matt recently that it's like we keep getting the same tests in life over and over again until we pass it. So we can choose to keep failing and being stubborn in our ways, or we can make a real effort to learn whatever it is that's being served up to us. So food for thought. I will chat with you next week. 